Welcome to the Latina Hermana podcast, a safe space where my first-gen Latina and Latino children can feel heard and supported, a community to empower and break generational cycles. My name is Leslie and I am your host. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here today. I received a lot of messages yesterday for my first episode and I just want to come here and say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for the kind messages. Thank you for sharing your stories. I just want to say thank you guys because this is the point of this community. I wanted to come here and share my authentic raw stories so you can feel heard for the longest time i would always try to look for a podcast that i can relate to and although there were some that i can sort of relate to there wasn't one that i was fully myself and so that's why i'm here today to help you and support you and guide you through your own journey so if you're listening i just want to say thank you so much and i hope you feel welcomed here and i hope that we can all heal grow and learn together All right, guys, today I'm going to be talking about some deep shit. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about my own experience moving out of my toxic Hispanic household, what it looked like for me growing up, the moving journey, and ways to help you guys navigate this part of your journey if you plan to move out, but you don't know where or how to start. I am planning on breaking this podcast down into two sections. The first one would be the emotional and mental aspect of moving out, and the second one will be the tactical steps to actually move out. To be honest, I don't even know where to start. I feel like I've recorded this episode so many times because it's just so much, you guys. So let me just start from the beginning. Get your drinks ready. Get your cafecito ready because this is going to be a talk. So I moved out when I was 21 years old. My boyfriend was already renting from his brother. So when I moved in, we rented the basement and we were there for about two years. And now we're on our second year in our own apartment. And you guys, it is the best thing ever. But... Before I got to the place where I am today, I want to talk about how I got here. And even just saying this kind of gets me emotional because the trauma that I endured in that toxic home was so bad. But I hope that you guys can find light in what I went through to help you. So let me give you guys a quick backstory. My mother passed away when I was 12 years old. And a little bit after that is when my whole life just made a whole 180. A few months after my mom passed away, that's when the trauma (laughs) kind of started getting worse because literally a few months after she passed my stepmother moved in and I feel very vulnerable talking about this because I do feel like it's very personal but I do share this in hopes that by talking about my own trauma and experience I can help you guys learn how to heal and navigate it better than I did so after my stepmother moved in from the rip me and her never had a good relationship we never got along and this might be a little too personal but fuck it so when I was like two years old my father was a whore and he would cheat on my mom so because my mom was very sick she had to go to dialysis she had kidney disease so she spent a lot of her time at the hospital and and if not at the hospital at my grandma's house and so for the times that she would be there my father would take care of me now I briefly remember a few times growing up my father would take me to Burger King And while be in the playground section, he would be having lunch with a woman. And yes, that woman is my stepmother. 
So my dad was cheating on my mother with my stepmother. So yeah, that's kind of like a little background story on that whole situation. So then once my mother passed away, my stepmother moved in and my youngest brother, which is my stepbrother, I mean, I don't really consider him my stepbrother. I never call him my stepbrother. I only said it for context purposes, but he's just my brother. Like that's just how it is. And growing up after that was really fucking tough, you guys. I remember even me being the eldest daughter, I had to cook, I had to clean, I had to do my schoolwork. And, you know, this was me. This was while I was still in high school. And I would constantly have arguments with her over the littlest things. Um, she would call my dad saying, oh, you know, tu hija no, no me hace caso, tu hija no hizo esto, tu hija no hizo lo otro. And to be honest, most of the time it was all lies, but my dad would still believe her. And then me and my dad would argue. And I was always just a child who always spoke her mind. I always said what I felt and what I thought to their faces. And I guess that's what would cause a lot of the issues in our house because I would never let her yell at me. I would never let her talk to me a certain way. I would never let my father talk to me a certain way. And I remember that at that time, we were poor. We still are poor. Not as poor as we did growing up, but we were poor. So we grew up in the hood. And, you know, back then, my dad needed a lot of help. So we lived with my family for the longest time, whether it was an uncle, a padrino, a tia. moved around a lot. And I remember one time growing up, and this was like, I want to say maybe that summer after my mom passed away, my stepmother was at work and my father started drinking. And yes, he is an alcoholic. But at that time, it was kind of like introduced started drinking more and I remember one day I was so mad and I was like in middle school I want to say and I remember that my dad got home and I called him a borracho I was like it's un borracho que estas haciendo and you know because he was drunk he um he beat me I remember him beating me really bad that I had to lock my door and um I stayed there until everyone else got home no one really spoke no one asked any questions and, you know, he quickly apologized um, the day after. I forgave him. And I remember I went to my, I had a best friend who lived downstairs at that apartment building. And I told her and her family was like, we can call the cops or we can do this. And I was just so scared because my dad was an immigrant that I'm like, no, I don't want him to get deported. Or, you know, I didn't have my mother. So if I don't have my father, I'm going to go into the child services and that's the last place I want to be at for me and my brothers. So I decided to stay quiet. That's something that I never really talked about because I was like, well, it was just a one-time thing. But even those one-time things, you know, physical abuse is not acceptable regardless of anything. And I remember for the longest time, I blamed myself and I put the guilt on myself that no, like, it was my fault because I should have never disrespected him by calling him a borracho. I should have never said this. I should have never said that. And, you know, now that I'm older, now that I see it as an adult and in my own peaceful home, I know that that was not okay. So I want to let you know right now that physical abuse is not the answer. And if you endured it, I'm so sorry. Now, if you've been personally attacked or been a victim of the chancla, then I feel like that's a little bit different. From my own personal experience, no, it never got worse. Um, that was the first and last time my dad ever laid hands on me. So that was just a little bit of my high school phase. And then, like I said, the arguing with the stepmother was always there. But I'm being very vulnerable right now because there's a lot of things that 
were unsaid, where I didn't speak up. And I'm using this platform to speak up on these things that I endured as a child. And I remember I always felt like I was in this sort of competition with my stepmother growing up. And it was mostly like fighting for my father's attention. Now, I was subconsciously doing that through my academics. The point is that growing up, I... I endured a lot, like a lot of trauma. I saw them fighting all the time. You know, I felt like I constantly had to protect my brothers. And so when they would have their fights, I remember like, I don't know, is it Hispanic parents that don't know what closing a door means or something? Because they would always leave the door open. So obviously we heard every single conversation, every single argument. And, you know, even though you may not be part of that argument or that conversation, it still drains you. Being in an environment that is just full of negativity is toxic and it does drain your energy and it drains your time and it just drains you as a person. And I remember I had to endure a lot of that growing up and I always had the pressure that I had to protect my siblings. So I would always offer them, hey, let's go on a walk or let's go on a quick, you know, quick check fund. Let's go get some snack or I'll just put um, huddle them into my room or we'll all huddle into one of our rooms. And just like blast the TV and just watch movies just to kind of distract them from what was really going on outside of those doors. And if you're currently going through that, I would suggest you to find a safe space and a healthy outlet to release those emotions and to not be part of that environment. So if you're an eldest sibling, maybe you felt like you had to carry a lot of that weight on yourself. You know, you had to protect your siblings from your toxic parents or the toxic environment around you. That puts pressure on us. That played a big role as to why now I'm still learning to relax and not be on that flight or fight mode. And it's because of our upbringing. It's because of these toxic environments. And, you know, toxic environments can look very different to each individual, to each home. But these are just some things that I found online that you know, may help you figure out if you're living in a toxic home, not having personal space, there's no boundaries, constantly disrespecting you, or they make you feel guilty, or they manipulate you, right? They make you feel bad for not doing enough, or they make you feel guilty for not doing something. It can also come off as physical or mental abuse, or both. It can also look like constant fighting. It can look like they're manipulative. They can look like they're always criticizing or blaming you, or you feel depressed or anxious around them. They're dismissive of your feelings or they're constantly trying to control you they make you feel like you're not doing enough and these are all things that play into a toxic environment and it affects you it affected me in so many ways it made me depressed because it dismissed my feelings time after time it made me build a lot of emotion up so now I have emotional outbursts where I can't control my feelings sometimes or my emotions and sometimes I lack confidence because yes although I would speak up a lot of times I would get shut down and that plays a role into maybe why you are the way you are today like I said it was constant fighting constant arguments it was my father also his alcoholism he became an alcoholic and you know seeing your parents come home drunk all the time you know and that to the point where they can't even function and I remember staying up late a lot of the times on school nights or nights that I worked and had to go to school you know worrying if my father was gonna make it home safe if he was gonna make it home alive because he was out drinking and my stepmother never really dealt with it so a lot of it fell on me and yeah yeah, I could have just closed my door and ignored it, but I cared. And he would come home drunk and I order him food. Or I'll make him food and I'll take his shoes off, put him down to sleep on the couch. At that point, I was being a parent to my own parent. And the next day they'll wake up like nothing and just continue on their day like if nothing ever happened. And, you know, within that, like you endure sometimes emotional abuse from them when they're drunk or just seeing them like in that state of mind, seeing them drunk. It takes a toll on you. 
And so I remember, like I said, it was things like that. And like, since I would have conversations to them, like, hey, listen, like, you know, we should change the way we are. Or, bah, like, why are you drinking so much? You shouldn't be drinking. It's bad for you. And I'd be like, well, I'm the adult. A ti que te hace? And I'm like, well, it does a lot to me, you know, but they didn't want to see it or they didn't see it. And so that's a lot of trauma that comes from a toxic home. And like I said, that takes a toll on you. And that's just from my own personal experience, like I said. Anyways, let me get back to how that night ended up going down. So like I said, we argued constantly. It was just a lot of things. And I remember that night that that happened. I just felt really betrayed from my father because I remember since my brother was in college, I was just in my room hanging out and they were fighting. So like I said, I always try to ignore it. At that point, I was just like close my door, put some headphones on and just do my thing. But I remember they were having a certain conversation. So I took one of my um, headphones off and I was like, hmm, what are they talking about? And they were talking about my middle brother who was in college. And when it comes to my siblings, I don't fucking play. I will throw hands. Like, I will throw it down for any of my loved ones, especially my siblings. So when I heard their names being brought, well, his name being brought up, I got all, like, mama bear. I remember I went out and I was like, why are you talking about him? And she was like, no, like, ustedes no hacen nada, blah, 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 blah. But mind you, I would cook. I would clean. I would do everything for them. Now, when I didn't want to do something because no les convenía a ellos, that's when it would be an issue. And so I feel like that's what she was referring to. And I don't know what it was, but she would always have something to say about me. Like either I wasn't cleaning enough, I wasn't cooking enough, I wasn't doing something enough, which I know for a fact I was. I was doing things that I wasn't even supposed to be doing. But at that time, I didn't know it yet. So like I said, I confronted her, I confronted my father, and my father never really said anything. He would just kind of let it happen. He'll let her talk, he'll let her talk her shit. And so I got I got tired of it and I snapped and we started arguing and she just started throwing everything in my face. And one of the things that really hurt me, you guys, was so another backstory. I was in college at this time and I remember I got in full ride. I got a full scholarship to this university, which I'm so proud of to this day. And so, like I said, I was going to school for free. Now, I did still have to pay for my books and my materials and my transportation. And that all came out of pocket because I was working a job and my father never really cared. My dad didn't even know where I was going or what I was doing. Like, to be honest, he had no clue. He never cared. So I also never asked him because I always felt guilty. I always knew like, no, well, I know he has bills to pay. The last thing I want to worry him about is me. So like I said, I worked a job. I worked two at one point. I was working my job to pay for my own bills, to pay for my own things. So when that night, when everything went down, my stepmother brought up something like saying like, oh, I pay for your school. And I was like, hold up. No, you don't. What do you mean you pay for my school? And she's basically told me that my father would tell her that I never got a full ride to school and that he was paying my tuition, which obviously was a fucking lie. And I felt so hurt, you guys. My heart shattered, which is, it was already like at a breaking point, but it fucking shattered. And to be honest, like at this point, like I kind of grew numb to the pain. But when I found that out, it kind of like, I don't know, it just shocked my world. And I looked at my father and I was like, did you really say this? And he just kind of looked at me and I was like, his face said it all. And so I was just like, well, no, he didn't. He lied to you. I didn't care to further explain myself because I knew for a fact that I did get a full ride and she wasn't paying for my school at all. So then, like I said, it was just, we were just like really going at it. She was saying some really nasty things. And you guys, like the one thing that honestly was like the tip of the iceberg was that she was like, eres una puta. And y'all, like at that moment, I blacked out. 
I blacked out and I, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take any more disrespect. I know this sounds like too brutally honest, but I got physical. My brother came out of his room. My dad just trying to separate us. But after that, like things just really went south. And immediately after I let go and I went to my room, I was hysterically crying. I was so upset. The first thing that my father comes and tells me is, mira lo que hiciste. And you guys, that shit, like I said, I was already broken. Like my heart was already shattered. I didn't know how worse it could have gotten, but it did. And when my father said those words to me, it kind of just set it in stone for me. And I quickly packed the bag and I left. And I remember my boyfriend picked me up and I was crying, you guys. I didn't sleep at all that night. I was at his house. And if you listen to my first episode, I kind of mentioned something that my brother-in-law would always joke around saying, oh, she might as well move in already. She already basically lives here. And like I said, he he opened doors for me and I moved in, you guys. And I remember the next day I went back to pick up all my all my stuff. And what I get so mad about to this day sometimes is the fact that I still had the audacity to give him an explanation as to why I was leaving. And I don't know about you guys, but in my fam like in my family, when you move out, you know, one technically you have to be married, right? But the boyfriend has to come and como pedir la mano indirectly basically he my boyfriend came over to tell him like oh yo va a cuidar a tu hija uh todo va a estar bien kind of reassuring him that i'm gonna be good and he's gonna take care of me which like i said to this day i'm like why did i do that but you live and you learn and i remember my father was just like okay well i already expected this and so he didn't really care and um i remember i packed everything up and i left and yeah that was just a brief overview of everything that has happened because there's still so much, but I'm not going to get into that. Like I said, one day, hopefully I write a book on it, on all my traumas and just my upbringing. It's just, it's been a roller coaster, you guys. But now I am, well, on my second year of my apartment, I am home. I am peaceful right now. I'm recording this episode in my, in my dining room. And you guys, I can breathe. I can relax. And it's so peaceful. You guys just saw a glimpse of all the darkness that I went through to get to where I am today. So yeah, you guys, moving out was not easy. Um, and that's one thing that I do want to talk about as well. Like like I said, I, I talked about how I moved out, but no one really talks about the emotions that come with it. And I remember when I would, and this is like a week into me living with my boyfriend, I would drive to work crying I would cry on my lunch breaks. I would cry after work on my way home. And I would cry to, I would cry myself to sleep every single night for literally a few months. And it wasn't healthy. I was depressed. I was just in a really bad place, you guys. And sometimes you have to break. And yes, yeah, sometimes sometimes things go bad before they get better. But that's okay. And I just want to let you know that you are so important and you matter and you deserve to be here. And I know it's hard. I know, but you're not alone. And you have a community now where you can desahogarte, where you don't feel like yourself. And it's okay to cry and it's okay to not feel happy in your home. But take it as a sign, right? Your body, like if you feel uncomfortable being home, you feel anxious, you feel depressed, you feel mad, you avoid going home at any cost, it's for a reason. And listen to that intuition. That's your inner self telling you that there needs to be a change. And yes, sometimes change is scary. 
but it's worth it. And sometimes you have to do things, even if you're scared to do them. I remember, like I said, like I didn't want to leave. But at that point, I literally, like it was at a breaking point where I had to leave. And sometimes maybe, you know, your back is against the wall. You do things irrationally. And sometimes we think of emotion. But allow yourself to think with emotion. Well, don't act on emotion. But if you want to think on emotion, think on emotion. But give yourself some time to cool down. To kind of reflect, like, is this really what I want to do? Or is this something that I should do? And that's when you really need to take into consideration your mental and emotional well-being, right? You want to assess your environment. How bad is it? You know, because everyone has different tolerant levels. Everyone has a different level of degree of toxicity that they're willing to take. And if you feel like you can't take it anymore, if it's really bad, it's time. It's time to make that change. And if you're someone like me who constantly worries about her siblings, one thing that helped me not feel as guilty about leaving them was just reminding myself that ultimately by me having my own safe space, by having my own home where I can have peace and positivity, they can also have this as a second home for them. And, you know, if you want to take this episode as a sign for you to make change, so be it, you know. It's okay. You're going to be okay. And I can tell you this from my own personal experience, right? I'm Like I said, I'm sitting here and I'm recording and I'm talking to you guys, but I feel calm and I feel safe in my own home. And I want you to feel the same way because if I could do it, you could do it. So yeah, guys, I hope that this podcast was a resource to you on your journey to help you move out or if you're, you're trying to navigate living in a toxic home environment. I know that sometimes we speak up and we get shut down or we try to find other ways to cope with it. But sometimes a simple solution is to move out. And I know it's easier said than done, but it's not impossible. You can do it. You can do anything and you can start breaking barriers by setting boundaries and putting yourself first. I hope you guys have been able to get some insight from this episode. I hope that this is a resource to you and I wish you the best of luck in your journey. Please keep me updated. Talk to me. Send me messages. Please make sure to subscribe. Make sure to say this. Make sure to share it to anyone who you think may be able to relate to this. Next week, I'm going to be dropping the second part to this topic, you guys. So make sure you tune in for that. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you guys on my next episode. Bye. Bye.